Hi, this is Jay Spear with Crafting Short Stories, a series of original poems and short stories you can listen to while working with your hands. Whether you're building objects in a factory or at home with hobbies doing fun stuff like photography, artwork, sculpture, pottery, quilting, and textiles, or so much more. Here's to the creators, the cleaners, the builders, and the tinkerers that fix things. Thanks for all you do. The start of Series 2 is a short story about a man named Terrell that works in a factory. It is titled Protection and was published in September of 2021. Terrell had been working at the factory for 15 years. He had seen a lot of people come and go through the years. He worked at the head table in assembly. Four weeks ago, the supervisor had clocked in another new hire as Terrell worked at a station on first shift. Terrell kept his head down and kept working, but he noted the appearance of the new guy. Rough is probably how Terrell would describe him. He wore an old t-shirt and blue jeans with tears and holes in the knees. He was a white guy but had obviously been in the sun a lot. He looked weathered and old with tan skin and noticeable wrinkles on his face. The guy wore a keychain from his belt. He looked like he hadn't shaved in days or maybe a week or two. Terrell kept working. The supervisor brought the new hire to his table and said the guy's name was Mick. They started working across from each other at the table that morning. Mick was a fast learner, so it was easy to teach him the ropes. What Terrell liked about the guy was he seemed quiet and just did his work, just like Terrell. They worked together for a few weeks now and barely spoke much to each other. There was an unspoken camaraderie, though. Occasionally, when the background music, radio music lulled, they'd exchange small talk conversation. They didn't talk about much, but Terrell was pleased to learn Mick had an avid interest in sports, which he also did, so they mostly talked about the Browns or different quarterbacks in the NFL. Mick seemed to like more sports than just football, so they spent some time over the weeks discussing golf or basketball or even the Olympics. Terrell didn't mind this much. It passed the time on the 10-hour daily shifts before he came home to his family. He wasn't there for a popularity contest. He was there to get paid and to go home to his family. Terrell clocked out at 5 p.m. like usual and headed to the back alley door. He walked the three blocks from the factory district to the local subway station underground. He kept to himself mostly on the subway ride home. When an older woman entered from the platform, he got up quietly from his seat and offered it to her. She nodded thank you and he simply smiled briefly and looked down at his feet and then out at the subway train towards the tunnel walls of the subway system. From station 26, he walked the rest of the way home to his apartment rental. He took the stairs up to the third floor, passing Mrs. Davis on her way up with groceries. He helped her the rest of the way up the stairs to her apartment door with the bags. She smiled at him and said thanks. He smiled back and headed to his apartment door, too. The dogs greeted him at the door first. It wasn't much of an apartment. The walls were not painted. The furniture was hand-me-downs from family or stuff bought off Craigslist. His wife was sitting at her laptop at the kitchen table. She, she smiled absent-mindedly at him as he took off his jacket and headed to the cabinet for a glass of water. She went back to typing on her nursing class project for school. She was in her second year at the local community college preparing to be an RN. Dinner ready, he asked. Yeah, she said, not looking up from behind her glasses. It's on the stove. She called the kids. They had three children, ages six, eight, and nine. Together, the family worked on setting the table. Terrell asked his kids how school was going. He kissed his wife briefly as she put away the laptop and notebooks. At the table, they all paused for dinner and prayer. The kids were in a pretty good mood that night. They had been playing Mario Kart on the PlayStation in the TV room. After dinner, they cleaned up together. The kids went off to play. His wife sat back down to do homework, and Terrell retreated to the bedroom. He took off his shoes, changed out of his work clothes, showered, put on some casual clothes, 
and then sat down to his small desk in the corner. He opened up his laptop, too. By then, it was nearing 8 p.m. A few years ago, Terrell had started a YouTube channel. It wasn't much. It wasn't elaborate or fancy. It had grown a small following of steady subscribers over time. At first, he just wanted to share what he knew about Psalms and Proverbs and such from what he had read in his free time from the Bible. Over time, as as the subscriber list grew, he would read the comments from his followers and found that some of them were in real need for guidance and help. And so he prayed on this, and he started writing out little prayers. Each prayer was generally about three to four minutes long at most. He did prayers on marriage, on work, on job searching, on pets, on finding apartments, on whatever you needed. You name it, he tried to write it, if the commenters said they needed it. Each night, he'd sit with pen and paper and come up with a good heartfelt prayer. Then he'd record himself saying the prayer and offering words of encouragement and inspiration for the folks that listened. He knew it wasn't much, but perhaps it could help here or there. He didn't really see it as a ministry of sorts, just as words to help. He relabeled the YouTube channel with the name Protection Prayers. Terrell opened up YouTube to his channel and saw the reaction to his latest video. It was a short piece on protection for one's family. It already had 1,415 views and about 201 likes. Terrell frowned a little when he saw the few dislikes. He read through the usual comments. Towards the bottom of this video, there was a bizarre comment. It was made by a viewer who went by the name Thanatos669. The message was in another language Terrell didn't understand. Curiosity got the best of him, and Terrell opened up an online translator. He cut and pasted the strange symbols into the translator and hit send. The words were in Greek. They read, There was a pale green horse. Its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed with him. They were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, famine, and pestilence, and by the wild animals of the earth. Terrell sat back in his lamp-lit bedroom at his desk. He looked at the words from Revelations. Bizarre, he said to himself, and shook his head. Terrell spent the rest of the evening going over the videos and comments and working on his next video script. As he did so, he checked every so often on the kids in the other room and on his distracted wife. He helped get the kids to their showers and helped get them to bed that night. They snuggled deep under the covers as he closed the door to their room across the small hallway from his own room. That night, Terrell and his wife went to bed about 11 a.m. He woke up with a start around 2, or at least he thought he did. Perhaps it was a dream. He couldn't tell for sure. Yes, he believed it was a dream. It had to be. It was a nightmare. Terrell slept on the right side of the bed by the alarm clock and light. In the darkness, and in his dream, he became instantly aware of imminent and very near danger. He felt someone or something was in his room. In fact, it was directly beside him, standing next to his sleeping body. In his mind, in the dream... He thought a stranger was in the apartment, and next he thought of his sleeping children and his wife. The presence, the entity, it felt like death, not the devil, like death. Then something even stranger occurred in the dream. He was lifted from a sleeping position to a sitting position in the bed by an unknown force. His eyes were closed, but his mouth opened, and from his throat came a voice that was not his own. It was deep and authoritative. It simply said the same phrase seven times rapidly in a row. The wording was foreign and strange to Terrell. It was not how he normally spoke, not how anyone he knew normally spoke. The words were simply, I compel you to leave this house through the blood of Jesus Christ. The words were repeated rapidly over and over again seven times. 
Then Terrell felt the entity. He felt its reluctance and its anger, and it got directly physically behind Terrell, then it passed through the bed frame and through the wall itself, and was gone. Terrell opened his eyes in the darkness of the little room. He was sitting up in the bed. He was fearful for his family. He looked to the left to his sleeping wife, then he pulled back the covers and headed straight to the hallway into his children's room. He pushed open the door quietly and peered inside. Nothing was disturbed in the room. All three children were asleep in their bunk beds. Terrell watched them for a moment, then he gently closed the door again to their room. He turned around in the hallway and looked left to the apartment door. He walked over to it. He peered out the peephole, expecting to see something. Outside the door, there was nothing but stairs. He checked the locks again and the chain. He padded back barefoot across the wooden floor to the bedroom doors. There was a small butterfly nightlight near the children's door, and by the slight light, he could see something tiny and white on the floor. He stooped down to pick it up, and he held it in his hand. It was a small, white feather. Must have come from one of the kids' pillows, he reasoned. He put the feather in his pocket and returned to his bedroom. When he went back to his bed, he rolled over and held his wife. She sighed in her sleep and snuggled closer to his warm body, and eventually Terrell fell back asleep. The next day and the days that followed one after the other at the factory seemed to drag a bit for Terrell. He kept his strange dream to himself. No one would believe him anyways about such a weird occurrence. Mick kept at it, working across from him at the workstation. Mick didn't say much. They talked about the Chiefs game and the Packers a bit. When it was time for breaks, Mick would head out for a smoke, and Terrell would head to the break room to check his phone and such. Terrell noticed Mick smoked a lot, but that was Mick's business, he reasoned. The nights went on as usual with dinner, the kids doing homework or playing games, and the wife at the table working on tests or assignments. He would kiss her on the forehead every now and then. He helped the kids off to showers and bedtime as usual, but Terrell had sort of stopped writing the prayers and creating the YouTube content for a bit. He still checked his channel and the comments from his viewers. He noted that he had lost a few subscribers in the past few days. On the fourth or fifth day at work, after right around quitting time, Mick stopped working across from him. He started grabbing his stuff and putting on his jacket across from Terrell to leave for the day, or so, Mick, or so Terrell thought. Mick eyed him a bit, and he said, I think I'm going to be moving on. This job, you know, I got other things I need to be doing, and it's not working out. Terrell just nodded. Retention was notoriously low at the factory, so he was used to people quitting. It was nice working with you, Mick, Terrell said and nodded. I wish you well. Thanks, said Mick, and he slung his bag on his side. You know, Terrell, you shouldn't give up writing them prayers. They're helping people more than you'll ever realize. With that, Mick turned and started walking towards the clock out station. Terrell stared at Mick's back. He had never told Mick anything about prayers or his YouTube channel or anything. As far as he knew, no one at the factory even knew he did that on the side. Mick stood in line to clock out behind the others. Terrell grabbed his stuff and went to stand in line too, but he was watching Mick curiously. Mick clocked out. He headed to the back door opening to the alleyway. Terrell thought for a moment. Mick? Mickey? Mike? Michael? Mick's hand reached the doorknob. He turned slightly and grinned briefly at Terrell as Terrell's mind was on the name of Michael. Be safe, Terrell, and watch out for that beautiful wife and three kids of yours. God bless, as he said this. He reached into his pocket for his pack of cigarettes. He grabbed his lighter, and something small and light and white fell out of his pocket. He stepped out into the alleyway. Mick looked up as he lit a cigarette, and the back door slowly closed behind him. Terrell clocked out. He headed for the door, too. He looked down at the floor and found the item that had fallen. 
He picked it up and examined it. It was a small white feather, just the same as the one he had seen in the hallway outside his children's room nights before. He opened the door to the back alley and stepped out. He looked left. He looked right. He looked all around, but Mick was gone. Thank you for listening, and may you never fly or drive faster than your own guardian angel. Thanks, and have a good day.